Welcome to the World Resources Institute podcast. I'm Nicholas Walton, based in WRI's Europe office in the Netherlands. Today we're going to be discussing the worsening water situation in the city of Chennai on the southeastern Indian coast. You may have seen reports in the media around the world that the city has run out of water. Well, Raj Bhagat from WRI India, from the Bangalore office, has written an excellent piece on our website explaining exactly what's going on, what's to blame, and how Chennai can deal with the problems that it faces. So, Raj, welcome to the show. Hi, great to meet you. Great. Uh, well, first of all, I suppose we need to look at what's actually happening in Chennai. Can you just set the scene for us? Okay. So Chennai, like most other Indian cities, have been growing leaps and bounds over the last uh, 100 years in all sectors. Uh, agriculture, industry, domestic, everything has grown actually. So because of that, there has been an increase in water demand, but the water supply has remained somewhat the same. The rainfall has remained the same and uh, it is also somewhat erratic. So in case of any fluctuations in the supply, we are actually facing some kind of a crisis with, uh, uh, with respect to water. So that's the current crisis. Uh, so in 2018, we had less amount of rainfall. And uh, right now we are in one of the biggest crises that we have ever faced. So what kind of uh, challenges are the people of Chennai actually facing? So some of the taps do get water uh, through desalination plants and uh, uh, water from different watersheds. But they don't meet the complete requirement of the city. So uh, the city completely depends on uh, uh, bottled water and tanker water that is coming from elsewhere. And people have to pay huge sums for it. And particularly the uh, poorer sections will not be able to uh, afford that kind of amount. And uh, they always have the stress. And apart from that kind of a stress, they also face uh, difficulty in getting water at the time that they want. The water tanker might come at uh, any time of the day and uh, people have to be ready with uh, all their buckets and everything. And it's one of those moments when you really understand just how much water each person needs every single day. So where, where does the water normally come from? You said that water's just not coming through the taps in most cases. Now, I understand that, uh, that Chennai is fed by a number of reservoirs, most of which have now dried up. Yep. So Chennai is dependent on four reservoirs and uh, two desalination plants. So apart from these, uh, uh, water is being brought from two different watersheds and they augment the water supply. Uh, besides these, uh, the citizens and the government depend on the groundwater that is available locally. So these are the water supply sources for Chennai right now. And the water supply in the reservoirs, that stopped because they've dried up. What about the, uh, the, the, the nature of the groundwater? Is, is that actually slowly being depleted? Is it being polluted? Anything like that? Yes, all of them. Uh, so uh, in some parts of the places, I mean, some parts of the city, actually, there is, uh, the water has been depleted. In many other places, actually, there are some pollutions and, and also there is uh, salt water intrusion in some places. Even though some, in some places it might be available, it is still brackish. So the quantity is also not sufficient. Uh, to fulfill the needs of the city right now. Now, from what I understand, it's been raining a little bit over the last few days, but this is supposedly not near enough to be able to make an impact on the crisis. Apparently, what is uh, what is really critical is the, the northeast monsoons, uh, which don't turn up for several more months. Can you tell us a little bit more about that situation and what, what is likely to happen? Sure. Every year in India, rainfall is, happens across three major seasons. One is the pre-monsoon, the second is the southwest monsoon, and the third is the northeast monsoon. Chennai is extremely dependent on the northeast monsoon. Right now, the southwest monsoon season is going on. Uh, there will be showers during this uh, time of the year. 
but uh, usually they will not be able to uh, uh, fill these lakes up and after four or five days of uh, rainfall within the city the inflow into the lakes have been still zero so they haven't improved at all part of the problem is that the city is uh, downstream it's a coastal city so uh, and the lakes that feed them are upstream so the rainfall has to happen upstream rather than uh, in, uh, in the uh, city itself in the piece that you've written for the WRI website, uh, you specifically say that this is, despite the importance of rainfall and things like that, this is specifically a, a problem of management, a problem of, of what happens to the water, who uses it. So it's a management problem. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so what I believe is that it's a monsoon-dependent uh, uh, country we have. Um, so Chennai's rainfall is also de- uh, dependent on these monsoons. And uh, uh, we know that these monsoons have been erratic in the past. Uh, it has never been like uh, a particular mean and it will stay in that mean. Uh, in each year, it could uh, vary uh, widely. Uh, we know these kind of supply constraints. Uh, however, uh, we didn't plan the urbanization process that has happened and also the other development process, particularly in the agriculture and the industrial sector that had happened, to address the problems that might rise because of the uh, risks with respect to the water supply. So uh, ideally, it becomes a management problem. And this is something that we can move beyond Chennai. This is something that is is facing a lot of Indian cities. I remember around the same time last year, there was a an Indian hill station up in the north, where in the foothills of the Himalayas, called Shimla, and that was starting to run out of water. And there, it was specifically blamed upon uh, water management. Uh, the the fact that there were just many more people going on holiday there, people using water in different ways what had happened in the past and and that was what was causing that so india as a whole is facing the kind of water stresses that have become so acute in chennai yeah right now chennai is a good representation of what's uh, happening in in india and also in particularly the uh, uh, stress that is felt in rural regions or less reported actually and uh, in each year uh, it would be a different region that faces extreme stress um, and it has been a cycle that's continuing. So uh, one year it might be in some parts of North India, sometimes it might be Central India, and sometimes it's South India. The problems are similar. It's uh, excessive demand and uh, very erratic supply, and uh, the lack of plan towards this kind of a system. At WRI, we're, we're, we're not necessarily just interested in, in describing a problem and analysing it. We, we really want to look for solutions, and, and that's exactly what you do in, in the piece that you've written for the website. Uh, and you say that there are five particular things that Chennai can deal to increase its water security, and you uh, kick off with harvesting rainwater. Can you take us through the five things? So, interestingly, Chennai is one of the cities in India which has uh, mandated rainwater harvesting in buildings, uh, and it is the only one that has a very strict law around it. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, execution and enforcement of these laws uh, have been coming down recently. Uh, Because of that, uh, there have been uh, uh, various reports point uh, numbers between 25% to 75% of uh, following up of all these uh, laws. And uh, due to rapid urbanization, actually, the city has actually has lost uh, uh, more and more uh, open spaces for recharge. 
some form of uh, rainwater recharge has to be done uh, across the city, not just in individual buildings, but also in public spaces like uh, bus stands, uh, the roads, and everything. So uh, we were talking about the rainfall in the last five days, and there was lots of water stagnant uh, in uh, the roads that had happened, and there were lots of videos uh, sent by the citizens saying that uh, this water is not speculating into the ground and it eventually flows uh, to the sea. You then move on to wanting to reuse wastewater sure. and conserve lakes and floodplains. Tell sure. us about those. So uh, Chennai being a coastal city um, and also has been a very place of uh, rapid urbanization, there is, uh, there is a lot of sewage that has been dumped into the rivers and lakes. So we, uh, uh, we do not have that many sewer, uh, sewage treatment plants in the city. And uh, there is also lack of space for uh, building new and large sewage treatment plants. Uh, so because of that, uh, most of the sewage is going into the two rivers, uh, Kuwam and Dariyar, and also into the multiple lakes that spread across the city. And uh, in fact, the word Kuwam in, uh, uh, in Tamil Nadu has now become synonymous uh, with the uh, sewage or drainage. That is how the uh, situation is right now. Chennai uh, discharges lots of these, uh, lots of amount of uh, sewage into the sea. What it could do is that it can reuse some of these water. Since it is uh, difficult uh, to get land within the city, these uh, treatment plants could be done in a micro level, at uh, apartment levels or uh, within a building to reduce the amount of sewage that flows out. And this, um, this uh, treated sewage could be used for uh, non-potable purposes at least uh, within the city. If the sewage is not flowing into the ground, it could, uh, uh, you know, improve the water quality in, uh, uh, with respect to groundwater. So that is why the second solution is to reuse wastewater, and uh, it could also uh, make us less dependent on uh, the uh, four reservoirs upstream. Conserving lakes and floodplains, where does that fit in? Sure. Multiple reports point out uh, that uh, uh, Chennai has lots, uh, lost lots of lakes in, uh, in the last 100 years. Uh, many of the uh, uh, biggest neighborhoods, I mean, the biggest uh, trading neighborhoods have been uh, set up actually over the lakes. And also the floodplains have been lost uh, uh, along with these lakes. Uh, so this is one of the reasons uh, when in 2015 it flooded, uh, the water was stagnant over the uh, urban areas rather than uh, draining out um, elsewhere. So because of that, I recommend uh, this uh, solution, which is uh, conserving lakes and floodplains. Uh, those could also act as a recharge point for our, uh, uh, you know, uh, rainfall that happens during the northeast monsoon. Um, so the Chennai Metropolitan Development Authority has to bring out uh, the master plan, uh, which protects both these lakes and also the associated floodplains with them. Next, there's a, a more technological uh, point that you try and make, and that is that simple open data is going to be part of the solution. One of the biggest problems, this is not just uh, within Chennai, uh, it's, a, it's an India-level problem is that uh, we don't have much data uh, that is put out in open. So some of the government departments might have it or might not have it. Uh, we, uh, the quality also could be questioned. They might be having that data, but still uh, the public, uh, the academia, have uh, you know, difficulty in obtaining this data. So because of this, other agencies are not able to provide solutions for Chennai. For example, we don't have data related to pipeline. We do not know where the water is flowing, who is getting today, who is getting tomorrow. Uh, we do not have any information on that. So there are uh, some 10,000 tankers flying around the city. We do not know where they are flying. So uh, because of that, uh, there is a huge limitation in the number of solutions that come to the public space, that there are less number of ideas and uh, less number of people who are working on these ideas. 
That is why we recommend open data, uh, where government brings out this data and uh, lots of researchers can use this data to bring out solutions for Chennai. And finally, you look out into the agricultural sector, which uh, I understand is one of the largest users of water in that area. And you're saying that there's a real need to improve efficiency. So uh, most of the agriculture that is done in uh, India is actually uh, flood irrigation. There are uh, nearly 300,000 hectares of farmland above Chennai, upstream of Chennai. In fact, uh, there are 4,000 lakes in the metropolitan region, uh, and almost all of them were constructed for irrigation purpose. Uh, the cropping intensity has been uh, growing in the past 100 years. Uh, more and more water has been uh, you know, utilized for these purposes. Since our farmers are also having trouble uh, with respect to land owning and uh, uh, with their land size and also the profitability of their business, uh, it is irrational for us to expect them to implement high-cost uh, irrigation systems. That is where we are uh, trying to propose uh, new financial models for uh, the city and uh, banking and the insurance sector to uh, you know, explore these kind of financial models and uh, so that they can invest and improve the rural irrigation systems, which would later uh, uh, you know, improve uh, the water availability for the Ch- uh, Chennai metropolitan region itself. In India, by average, uh, 80% of the water is actually used for uh, agriculture purposes. And uh, even if there's a 30% improvement in uh, efficiency in that, we might be increasing the water availability for the rest of the sectors by multifold. So hence, uh, that is one of the solutions that we are putting forth. Joining me now here in The Hague is Rutger Hofster of our water team. And Rutger works on a platform called Aqueduct, which can help us understand what exactly is going on in Chennai. So, Rutger, first of all, hello. And second, what is Aqueduct? Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. Uh, Aqueduct is a set of online tools that can help you understand and map water risks, ranging from too much water to little water, competition over water, but also floods, the link to energy, food. It's a, it's a wide range of offerings uh, and hopefully with many flavors. And when you say map, you literally mean that you can zoom in on any part of the world and you can have multiple data layers showing everything from, uh, from uh, groundwater through to climatic things, um, reservoirs, as we've been just talking about in Chennai. What we try to accomplish is that water data is often produced by very scientific people, uh, research organizations, universities. And what we try to do is make that information accessible by simplifying, explaining what it is, and making it in a format that people can use. So you can really zoom in on your location, get all the relevant water information in very understandable formats. That's what we're trying to do. And so, for instance, with Chennai, who might find this useful? Yeah, it's um, like one of the key audiences for Aqueduct historically have been uh, companies that do like uh, they, they analyze their locations where they source their materials from where are the manufacturing locations where are the markets you can get like a portfolio style analysis like a heat map so to speak on where certain water related risks might might affect you most the other Uh, user is to get a rapid understanding of the locality and the dimensions of water risk. So more journalists uh, when it comes to understanding who uses the water, 
both in like withdrawal, which means uh, you take the water from the system, or consumptive, which means that it will not go back into the system. We have data on the, the role of the domestic water use, the irrigation, agriculture water use, in the industrial water use. So um, that might give you a good overview. And also the available water, the drought risk, flood risk. So it's, a, it's really a wide range of water-related risks. So, for instance, if I was a journalist reporting on what's happening in Chennai, what's ha- happening in India as well, because, of course, that's not just the only place in India that, that, that's really yeah. at risk of this kind of situation, you'd be able to zoom in there, you'd be able to understand who uses water, how much water there is, where it's coming from, where it's being consumed, whether it's agriculture, industry, domestic, etc. And it would actually be able to give you quite a colourful map at the end of it that you'd be able to kind of glue into your, uh, onto yeah. your online report or whatever. Yeah, that's basically it. You summarized it really well. So There is actually a new version of Aqueduct coming out in the beginning of August, and that's going to have extra features, and it's obviously going to update the list of the, the places around the world that are most at risk with, uh, with water risk. Yeah, correct. We realized two things. One is that water per se is not often just the case. It's related to climate, it's related to energy production, it's related to agricultural production. So we actually launch, like we split up Aqueduct into multiple tools. One that looks at flooding, one that looks at the link of water and food. The other one is more for the portfolio style analysis for the, for corporates and one is more for journalists uh, like rankings of provinces and countries. And then one real big update is where um, that's my role, like the, the data guy, uh, we're updating the underlying hydrological model. I will not go into technical details, but uh, we can now analyze at a monthly scale what's going on. So if you have a dry season and a wet season, and in Chennai, you have, of course, the monsoon, looking at annual scores is not the best way to understand what's going on. You really want to like go into like monthly stuff. There, is, there was a big request from our users, and we listened, and now we're launching some monthly data sets. So. And that was Rutger Hofster of WRI's water program based here in the Netherlands. And before that, Raj Bhagat of the Cities program based over in India. You can find Aqueduct online at aqueduct.wri.org or on Twitter. It's at WRI Aqueduct. And if you're a journalist looking at Chennai or other extreme weather events over the next few months, don't hesitate to get in touch with our media teams around the world. I'm Nicholas Walton. Thank you for listening to WRI Podcasts. Goodbye.